Hey friends, welcome to Let's Not. I'm Sam. And I'm Michelle. And on this week, I feel like I'm doing a fucking SNL skit again. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, like what's her name? Anna something. Anna Gass. Geyser. Geyser. Thank you. And so I'm Molly Ring. No, not Molly Ringwald. Molly Molly Shannon. Shannon. You can be (laughs) Molly Ringwald if you want to. I feel like with the headphones, for sure, I definitely feel that. (laughs) Like we're on an ASMR SNL skit. Oh my gosh. All right, guys. So this is our Halloween episode. It's Halloween, Halloween, so we hope that you guys are having, so sad, the last week in October. It's here. It's finally here. I've already seen Christmas displays, which isn't unusual, but it's like, what the heck? I saw them before Halloween even went up, so Yeah. It's earlier and earlier, unfortunately. I'm already getting text messages about what are the Thanksgiving plans. Like, I'm just not Mm. ready for it. I'm not either. And I do have to start planning out what we're doing. And I keep telling myself I have time, but realistically, I have like a month at this point, if that. For Thanksgiving? Yeah. Uh, No, you have like two weeks. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Let me look at my calendar. I can't find my calendar on my phone as we've already (laughs) figured out. So we're going to be talking about some eerie events that have taken place on Halloween. Some of them are spooky. Some of them are scary. Some of them might be a murder or two. Mm -hmm. Or three. Or three, depending how long we run with this. No, Um, my murder is three people. Oh, I thought, oh, it is? Okay, I thought you meant like time-wise. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Um, also, this is kind of weird doing it over video, huh? I know. Sorry guys, we're doing this over Zoom. And also we haven't we it feels like we haven't seen each other in a while. Um, we just had a long gab session, but Mm -hmm. I also you have more to tell me about how your weekend went. I think some of the listeners know, cause I think there's like, they cross over. Um, I've talked about it before, but I do another podcast and it's called the horror squad podcast. Uh, we do horror reviews and whatnot. We hosted our first event here in Salem. My boyfriend, Joe, and I did Steve and Todd, which are our other co-host. They weren't able to make it, unfortunately, but we had Damien Maffei, who is a horror actor. He is in Haunt, and he's also in Strangers 2. He did The Man in the Mask, so we hosted him at Silver Moon Comics, which is a local business in Salem. We also had Speakeasy Donuts make Damien Maffei-themed donuts. They were like horror cute Mm -hmm. donuts very cute and then we also partnered with the crypt which is a new horror pop-up restaurant they're trying to get a space in salem but right now they're just operating as a pop-up place they did a damien themed burger and we also did a screening at cinema salem so we were grateful that we could work with local businesses but it was so fun Mm. super packed in salem because it was on a saturday like it was insane we had people come through to meet damien and then a lot of them were interested in the podcast too which I thought was really cool oh nice yeah and it was so neat because some of the people that met Damien they would like we had a table next to him and we had a banner behind him and then of course he's standing there with his table with all of his prints and stuff and people would kind of look at our table then they would see his banner look down on his table and they'd be like (laughs) oh my god I love this movie like I like that guy that's in that movie and I would say (laughs) like oh this is Damien like that's him the yeah. And they would be so surprised. And there was like this younger guy. He was like, what? He's like, you're like my favorite actor, man. Like, I love your movie Whoa. so much. This is like a cool surprise. And he was there with his girlfriend. He's like, I didn't even know you were going to be here. Like, this has just made my whole weekend. And there were a few other people that just had no idea that he was going to be there. And they were like, what the heck? You're right here. And there was a person who came along. And I guess I kind of heard them talking like off to the side and the person who was meeting Damien they were like oh I actually met you before at a screening and Damien's like oh which one and they were talking about it and he was like Damien was like oh that's right I remember you and he's like you were a little bit shorter right and the fan was like yeah and also I have a wig now and 
they had transitioned and oh, Damien wow. was like, you look so great, like good for you. And they were talking to Damien, telling him that they, that Damien had inspired them just to embrace like their true self. Cause Damien is very, he's laid back. He's kind of self-deprecating, but he's like mm-hmm. very humbled. Like he just doesn't look at himself like um, an actor or anything like that. He's always surprised when people want to meet him and oh, wow. like his movies and pay for yeah, his yeah. stuff. So um, they were just like, you inspired me to like be comfortable with myself and to transition. And so this is like the new me. And I was like, oh my God. I was just wow. like, yeah, I was like, that is so cool. Are you crying? Yeah. Cause I'm crying. <laughs> I was like, my heart was like crying and I was, I didn't want to like eavesdrop or whatever, but I was like, oh, that's so awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah. So it was a good time. That's awesome. Um, I was wondering, cause I was like, I know you're just going to get foot traffic no matter what, but Mm -hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. It was, (sighs) it was fun. And Joe did a great job, like putting it all together. Yep. Yep. So shout out to Joe. Also, I'm very excited for that restaurant pop-up the crypt I was looking at their Instagram afterwards and all of their menu items I was just like I just really really want to eat this right now I cannot wait for them to have like a place you were excited about the is it just the Winifred Sanderson sandwich it's like a Thanksgiving sandwich they said that that's like their most popular thing oh my god Mm -hmm. it literally said it came with gravy dippings like sauce and I was just like okay all right we're at a different level now okay I'm ready for Thanksgiving dinner now (laughs) how was your wedding it was great so this weekend I went to a wedding still in Massachusetts um but it was beautiful it was stunning you would have loved it um the dresses were all like burnt oranges and deep reds velvet um pumpkins everywhere uh, the bride had a black gown. It was just like, so like beautifully elegant fall, October wedding. Wow. Um, it was a great time. And I made the cake, the cake for it. Yeah. I made the cake. Um, it came out. So I'm going to give myself a B for presentation, but a an, a, uh, an A plus for taste. Sam, the amount of people, I felt like I was the bride. I don't want to take that away from her. Of course. But I, I felt like a hometown hero with this fucking cake. I love that for you. Oh, it was so nice. People were coming up to me at the wedding and then after the wedding at the hotel being like, that is the best tasting cake I've ever eaten. And I was just like, oh my God. I was like, is this what like, like quarterback high school people feel like, like just feel loved. <laughs> what? You're more important than a quarterback in high school. I, I felt like I made the winning touchdown at the homecoming game. Like, oh my gosh, you did the touchdown at the wedding. Yes. Um, so it came out great and it tasted amazing. There was just like a few things that I learned from making it that, mm-hmm. you know, the second time around I would learn, you know, yeah. so I'm going to give myself a B for presentation. Wow. Can you tell us anything that you would have changed about the presentation that we would get? Uh, yeah, just the, the jam drip didn't come out the way I wanted it to. Really? I was just guessing, like, did you want it to be more solid or not as solid, thicker, like not as solid. So on my test run, it was too loose. And so on my second run, I think I overdid it. And I just like, Con, like uh, congealed it too much congealed is a gross word but it just it was thicker than I wanted but then also was still separating as it dripped it looked so good though I think it looked fine but it's just not what I saw in my mind's eye you know really? what I mean okay yeah and then also um I can't tell if it's the way I put in the dowels or the drive down because I also should have not assembled it before we drove because it's like two hours away almost um, and Jake was driving. So, you know, I was swearing <laughs> up a storm. Um, and so I feel like it was leaning slightly, but it could also just be the way it settled on the dowels. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like I learned for next time, if I'm able to, I would assemble at the venue. You yeah. Know? So when, like how close did you pour the jam on to when the cake would be seen by everyone? So I poured it the morning before so I did it Friday morning really yeah and it stayed like that yeah I was picturing when I saw the photo that you posted on Instagram I was picturing you dressed up in your dress 
like right after the wedding, before they've announced them coming into the reception, I picture mm-hmm. you like being in the back, pouring the jam, like right before. No, no, I did it the day before. And then I went to the venue the morning before the wedding and I did like the fruit and final touches. But oh, wow, it was fully assembled with jam on the ride down. So what did you use to cover it? Like for it to stay, did you keep it in a fridge or it just stayed like out? No, because it was um, buttercream frosting. So it doesn't need to be refrigerated, Uh, Mm -hmm. but I kept it in my sunroom with the AC on. So it was like still chilly, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, if it was whipped cream frosting, it would need to be refrigerated. Yeah. But it turned out fine and it just, it tasted amazing. So no, this cake was more than fine, Michelle. It literally looked like it could be on the cover of a wedding magazine. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yep. It was stunning. <laughs> thank you. But besides that, it was a great wedding, a fun time. And I got to see a few new, like not new friends, but friends that I hadn't seen in a minute. So I don't know. I love weddings. Yeah. Oh, I do have an update from last episode. So okay. my whole um, Dewey situation of thinking he was the killer. Oh, yes. Um, so Jackie and my friend Susan wrote in and said, I was thinking of Scary Movie. In Scary Movie, Doofy is yeah. the killer. And he has like a whole minute at, you know, a moment at the end where it's like the <laughs> usual suspects. So oh I did gosh. remember something. Yeah, you were, <laughs> yep. Pretty much the same thing, right? <laughs> they got me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Scary movie is such a great one to watch. I, yeah. I'm going to rewatch it now just because I want to rewatch that, that scene mm-hmm. so that I can picture it in my head. Yeah. Um, oh, and then also that I mentioned Susan, I want to give her a little shout out because my friend Susan from back home, she had to put down her um, dog Monty this week. Oh. And uh, it's just so sad because he was 20. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it was wow. like her little baby. Aww. And it was, it's funny because remember in our animal episode where um, we were talking about how like when you're young, your pets are like your best friends. Mm-hmm. But then when you're older, they're more like your, your kids. Mm-hmm. And so like this dog spanned, like she got Monty when she was like 12. So oh it was like gosh. her best friend and then her like baby. Um, so I just want to send you some love, Sue, because um, I know that it is not easy. Yeah, it's not. <sighs> it's definitely hard losing a pet. I feel like, I don't know, I always, it's easier said than done, but I'm always just like grateful for the memories mm-hmm. and stuff like yeah. that. But it is sad because it's like you don't have, you can't see them. But what I a can't. long friendship though to cherish yeah. and to experience probably one of the longest friendships. Yeah. And getting, raising a dog and owning a dog for 20 years, like Mm -hmm. that's amazing. (laughs) Oh my God. This dog looked like a puppy its whole life. I was just like, it was like Benjamin Button for real. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I've actually never seen that movie. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. He can pass. (laughs) Brad Pitt, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think they were trying to make it like a Forrest Gump type of a cult classic, but I don't think it really held. Maybe next time, Brad. Sorry. (laughs) So I went to the pumpkin patch the other day. Oh, how'd that go? Michelle, it was like the best day ever. Oh, Sam. I know. And like, oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm not about to get emotional, but so like Joe was like, do you want to go to the pumpkin patch? And I was like, I guess. And just, I've talked about it before where I'm like, easy things are so hard to do. Like, I don't want to do it. Not me about to cry. Why are you crying? I don't know. Anyways, so yeah. like, um, I was like, yeah, let's go to the pumpkin patch. Then I was like, I'll make a vlog out of it or whatever. And so we go there and I would, usually I was just like, going to just go and then leave. But Joe like mm-hmm. made me do everything. He didn't make me, but he was so yeah. fun. He was like, let's ride this. Let's go play this game. Let's go pet these animals let's go do this let's go see this like we did so much I felt like such a big kid it just made my heart so happy and we're like on this little train that had these little like cow carts like they were Mm -hmm. painted like cows and we were just sitting in it and I was just looking (laughs) at Joe and I was like he's just so great for like making me do like he knows I want to do it but then he also knows I'm like man it's a struggle like do I want to do it no yeah and he's like, come on, let's just do it. And we just were acting like kids for the whole day. It was so fun. 
Oh, I love that. And he was like, do you want me to take any photos of you? I'm like, no, it's fine. And he's like, no, go. He's like, I'm going to take photos of you. And I'm like, thank you so much. Oh, <laughs> it was Joe, so you fun. precious bean. Oh, you're yeah. such a good boy. Yeah, it was such a fun day. Oh, that's, I love And that. it wasn't really busy. Like there weren't a lot of kids. All of the kids and like the moms came around like four which I, if I was a mom with a child, I would not want to go around that time. I feel like, no, it's bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for you to sleep now. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, I love that so much. Also, we wanted to go ahead and give an update on the Gabby Petito case of the recent details that have been announced. And it turns out that there were some of his belongings found with also unidentified remains. What do you think just hearing that? Like, I think that since it's unidentifiable remains, I feel like shortly after he left or went missing back in September, I'm assuming he died by like suicide. You think? What if he killed someone else and those remains are someone else's remains? I, God, I don't know. I think something happened and like he got so, he obviously got mad and he murdered her and then I think he tried to see if he could get away with it and then realized it's not going to happen, you know? I haven't been able to look too much into it since I heard, but like I was going through some comments and stuff and it sounds like the parents were searching with them Mm -hmm. and they're the ones that found it. And so I'm like, people are wondering if they planted some evidence to throw it off, but I don't know. It seems like his dad found what they're calling a dry bag and then, but where the remains were found were next to a backpack and like a notebook is what they're reporting right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no, his parents were with police when they were searching this area. Uh, Why would they, that is really suspicious to me because they've literally avoided everything. So why would they now go through the energy of searching with them? I feel like they knew where he was camped out and I, in my head is they had some kind of a system, some kind of a code and they hadn't heard from him in a long time. And so I think they finally realized like, oh, he probably killed himself. What I read was that they told cops, like, we're going to be searching this area tomorrow, just so you're aware. And cops were like, okay, we're going to go with you. Mm -hmm. And that's how like the search happened. I don't think that he did it recently. So I feel like he has been dead for a while remains. So I feel like nature has gotten to it Mm -hmm. if they have to test it and all this other stuff, or else I think they would have said we found his body or we found a body when they say like unidentifiable remains. I take that as like scattered remains or partial. But what if it's someone else's remains that were dumped in wherever he was at? And yeah, I don't know that too. Have they said um, anything about how do they know it's his because the parents identified it? Like, no, his if their parents identified the backpack and the notebook, like they identified his stuff, but not the remains. But can we trust them though? Like, what if they're just like, yeah, that's his? It could be that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, need, I mean, they're going to do details, the, Michelle. They're going to do the DNA and stuff. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be him. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be really sick if he somehow killed somebody else and took their place or something like that. But I, d- I doubt it. We'll see. And we'll keep you guys updated the more they release details and whatnot. All right. So let's get into our eerie events that happened on Halloween that we're going to be talking about. Um, well, maybe not a woo because yeah, I'm I was going to say I'm murders. excited, but I'm like, okay, relax. I got excited because so we took, we found like some listicles online and there was one that was just like eerie events that happen on Halloween that aren't like murders, but then we did also find murders that happen on Halloween. Um, so the woo is reserved for the eerie events. Did any spooky things happen to you while you were editing the last episode? No. Did anything spooky happen when you did the ghost one? Kept like looking in my doorway. Like I just could see like, um, like it was like a dark, like it just looked darker than everything else. And also like, I didn't talk about this, but sometimes when there are like ghosts around, I'll see fog. Like the whole room is very like foggy, Mm -hmm. like, um, it's cloudy. And so like the other night I was walking in my living room and it was just so cloudy as if I was burning an incense, like the smoke was 
there, but there was no incense or candles, but I walked in and I was going through really fast and I stopped and I said out loud, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, something's in here. I was like, y'all need to leave me alone. I'm not trying to be around you right now. (laughs) And then I was like going back into my office doing whatever. And then I came back out and it was like clear again. Wow. Yeah. And like the door wasn't open. And I even, I took the time and energy to look out my sliding door. Cause I was like, is it foggy? Like did somehow it just seep in, but it wasn't foggy outside or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had uploaded a video on my YouTube channel and I think I, I captured a ghost. Was it at the cemetery? Yeah. It was like the two little eyes and it was like a little, I like, saw it. yeah, I saw it. I couldn't tell if it was like glares or what, but I, I kept seeing little orbs, mm-hmm. but then I saw the two come into yeah, the stream. Like some of the little orbs ended up being just little, um, like night bugs flying. Yeah, yeah, Cause yeah. I like focused in on them. But then that one, I was like, whoa. And I kept going back and forth and Mm -hmm. it, sometimes it looked like a mask. I'll, I'll have to look at it again and like slow it down, but I saw it and it's like, they're not night bugs because they're like level and they're moving at the same, you know, floating together. Well, cause at first I was like, is it a UFO? Like I just saw (laughs) the, I was like two, maybe baby UFOs in the distance, but it's too close now to the camera. It's, yeah. It's up close to the camera. Yeah. Um, no, I saw that. And I was like, that's spooky. Cause it looks like friggin' glowing eyes. I was like, that is too on point. Yeah. An airy thing that occurred on Halloween in 1926 is famous magician, Harry Houdini passed away. He had actually been hit in the appendix twice by like a magician student like a few days earlier um because he had like this trick where he would be like my stomach muscles are so strong like you could punch me and I like feel nothing so this student just like punched him twice without warning like right in the gut appendix area and I guess ruptured it and for over a week he just continued working and doing magic tricks um even though he had like a fever of 104 and stuff, he's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then on Halloween night, he passed away, um, from a ruptured appendix. What? Yes. Um, but I don't know if you know anything about Harry Houdini, but not a lot. I didn't, no. I didn't even know how he passed away. I thought maybe he just passed away naturally in life. No, I believe he was like probably in his 40 ish, wow. 40, 50. Yeah. So he was 52 when he died. When you hear the word Harry Houdini, it's like that is the most famous magician, illusionist mm-hmm. of all time. I don't know. There's always just like something about him growing up that I was like, you are magic. You know, like, I don't know. There's something about people that just live their lives so magically that I've always really loved. Mm-hmm. And so I was like kind of obsessed with Harry Houdini for a while and like, I've read a few of his things and stuff like that. Um, But anyway, the thing about him was later on in life, during the 20s, there was like a huge like spiritualist movement happening where people became like mediums and like said that they could talk to ghosts. And there was like a lot of um, like seances and stuff happening in the 20s. Mm -hmm. And whereas a lot of people would think that Harry Houdini would embrace that, he made it his like mission to disprove that they were all phonies because he was like a magician and he knew how to like do sleight of hand and illusions and stuff and so he would like attend seances and disguise and stuff and like figure out what they were doing because he also was like they're like charlatans where they're taking people's money telling them that they can talk to their dead loved ones and stuff Mm -hmm. when they're not they're just magicians pretty much um so he would just like go and show like how they were doing it and stuff and so he was super against the spiritualist movement um so much so that when he died on halloween him and his wife had kind of a pact where he said if i am able to communicate with you from the other side i will tell you these words and oh my god I love that. I'm going to tell Joe that. (laughs) So before he died, he and his wife agreed that if Houdini found it possible to communicate with her after death, he would communicate the message, Rosabelle believe. And so for 10 years on Halloween night, Bess, his wife, would do a seance with like a candle and like his photo and try to call him back to her. And he never came. And after... After 10 years, she was quoted saying, 10 years is long enough to wait for any man. Oh. 
<laughs> so that happened every single year on Halloween and magicians after that, they still do it to this day. What? Where, yes. Because he also founded like the largest like magician community or whatever. Um, like society. Yeah. Society that okay. is still ongoing to this day. And so magicians still do it in his honor and they'll like Aww. do seances on Halloween night to try and call Harry Houdini. But, I think yeah. you need to do a seance. Oh, see, but my thing is, is if he was always trying to debunk it and if he could talk to somebody on the other side, would he be so like pigheaded and be like, well, I'm not going to do it because then it'll be real for people. You know what I mean? Yep. Last knife twist. Then it ruins like his, his brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love Harry Houdini. Oh my gosh. I thought you were going to say like he communicated with his wife. No, never, never came. 10 years, huh? Mm-hmm. And it's funny. I don't know. Um, have you ever read or seen the movie League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? I don't think so. It's good. But there was a book that I read back in like college that mm-hmm. was called um, The Arcanum. And it's like similar to that, but it's like with real characters from the past so it's like a fictionalized novel but it's like Harry Houdini, Arthur Doyle Conan, the guy that wrote Sherlock, H.P. Lovecraft and then Marie Laveau Mm -hmm. and they're all like in a in a thing a society together and they have to like figure out some murder or something but it's it's a fun read Uh, but also they were all actually friends in real life these four people Mm -hmm. Arthur Conan Doyle who wrote Sherlock was a super spiritualist and him and Harry Houdini were like best friends forever. And he would constantly tell Houdini, like, you don't understand, like your magic. That's why you can do this stuff. And Harry Houdini would be like, I'm just doing tricks. Like I'm not, I'm not like a magical person. I'm not a wizard. And they got into a huge fight over it because the guy that wrote Sherlock just insisted that he was like doing some wizardry shit. Oh, yeah. Do you think he was though? I don't think so. Yeah. It's like, I know that there's spiritual people out there and that there Mm -hmm. is that, but then there's also people that just do like magic tricks. Yeah. Magic tricks. Yeah. He had an explanation for every trick that he did and he would like teach all the younger magicians too. Mm -hmm. But it's just so funny because it's like, I'm surprised that he would embrace that and be like, yeah, I'm a super magical person or whatever, you know? He didn't want to scam the people though. He didn't want to scam. Wow. Yeah. Good for him though. Yeah. Do you like any modern day magicians? Like, I don't know, Chris Angel? No. Is he a magician? I think so. I'd say so. I think they all call themselves illusionists now. Okay. What's the other? Ooh, David Blaine. I remember watching a lot of David Blaine Mm -hmm. back in like the early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. I remember they did a special with David Blaine a few years ago and we watched it and he had his daughter on it like towards the end and he just seemed like such a good dad. It was so sweet. He was like so good with her. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's that. All right. Oh, well, I never knew. I never knew that you had a, not an obsession, but I didn't know that you had admired Houdini. I admired Houdini. A I, time in my life. I can't even picture what he looks like at the, off the top of my head. Oh, he later in life, he looked really cool and creepy. But when Ooh. he was younger, he was like a hunk. Oh, my God. I just I'm picturing Charlie Chapman. Is that wrong? No, he had like spooky eyes later. But I feel like when he was young, he was cute. Mm-hmm. If anybody, I feel like he has like an interesting life if anybody wants to rabbit hole into that. But I also think it's funny because when they immigrated here from Budapest, they like lived in Wisconsin. And I don't know, in my head, I just always picture like immigrants being on the coasts, Mm -hmm. you know, and not traveling inward. But yeah. All righty. So my eerie event is in 1981, a murder on Halloween morning happened inside a Manhattan home. To make things even spookier, the exact murder had been predicted by an infamous serial killer. So David Berkowitz, a serial killer also known as the Son of Sam, was incarcerated in the Attica Correctional Facility. 
in upstate New York Supermax prison when he predicted a murder. Written off is just a made-up story. Nobody listened to Berkowitz until his exact prediction played out. On the early morning of Halloween in 1981, while staying in their Manhattan home, 39-year-old Ronald Sisman and 20-year-old Elizabeth Platzman were beaten and shot to death. According to Reader's Digest, Berkowitz had described a cult carrying out this massacre and even described the exact apartment layout to a T. And so Berkowitz is son of Sam, in case anyone's confused. It is unclear if Berkowitz's prediction was merely a coincidence, and to this day, the murder remains unsolved. I did like just a little bit more digging. The police were, they were trying to investigate this murder, but then they had an informant call them with a bizarre tell. So the informant told the police a couple weeks before the murder, Berkowitz had told him that his cult was going to torture and perform a ritual killing on Halloween. He described it as a photographer's residence near Greenwich Village, where after the ritual, they would kill the occupants and clean the residence of any incriminating evidence against the cult. Berkowitz elaborated that Sisman had a snuff video of one of the Son of Sam killings that would shed light on the cult and make people rethink that Berkowitz acted alone. Mm. This killing was planned by the cult and Son of Sam, so that's why he was able to predict it. Mm -hmm. But they tried to... Um, investigate it a little bit more, but because they couldn't find the right evidence, they weren't able to arrest anyone for this specific murder. Wow. So nobody was like charged with it? Nope. That's crazy too. And I feel like they mentioned, they probably mentioned this in that new um, documentary series on Netflix about Son of Sam. I only watched the first two episodes, but I know people were saying that the whole thing is that he wasn't acting alone and there's like a whole more to it than just Berkowitz. Now I want to look into it because I'm like, oh, was he in a cult? I think he was. But I don't know. I like really get leery about like the whole satanic panic cult stuff. You do? Yeah, because I'm just like, that's not like super real, but then I could see how like- They kind of lump (sighs) everything into it. Yeah, or that like people that want to murder are just like, oh, but I love Satan and all this other stuff just to be more edgy, mm. edge lord about it. Mm-hmm. He also just, based on what I remember about like different biographies and things I've read and heard about him, is that he was like a real loner. So I can't imagine him being in like a cult, a cult you know? Yeah. I'm going to look into that. <laughs> I've got to finish that series actually. <laughs> The Son of Sam one. Yeah, I think it's called Sons of Sam because oh, because they introduced the theory that it wasn't him acting alone. But has he ever said anything? Like, or I think he said it a lot. That it was just him. No, that other people were involved. Hmm. But because trying I mean, to throw us off. Yeah, but it's also back in the eighties, so cops are probably like, "Well, we got you, so we don't need to fucking do anymore." Can you imagine? And that's like, even though I'm afraid someone's gonna kill me, I'm like, "You're gonna get caught." back then no but yeah today but today I can't believe that people haven't looked into that case and try to figure out who the fuck murdered that couple yeah that also reminds me a lot of like um like uh signs of the lambs where it's like Hannibal kind of knows what's happening on the outside with other serial killers Mm -hmm. because of like uh newspaper newspaper articles killers man can't relate cannot relate (laughs) (laughs) okay so I have another murder for you so this was on a list called the 13 worst crimes to happen on Halloween so on Halloween 2010 16 year old Devin Griffin returns to his house from staying the night at his dad's um so this is around nine o'clock in the morning he goes home he changes his clothes and he goes over to church services while he's at home he does run into his stepbrother BJ Lisk They exchange some mild pleasantries, and then he goes on his way to church. When he comes back home a few hours later, he goes up to his room and he starts playing video games, none the wiser of anything that's wrong. Um, But around 1.30 in the afternoon, he starts to realize that he's not hearing any movements in the house. And he's just like, well, everyone should be home right now. It's the afternoon. It's weird that people aren't awake and or like rummaging. So he goes into his mother's bedroom and... He can see that 
his mother and his stepfather are still in bed. And so he thinks that's weird. And she's like, mom, like time to get up or whatever. And he pulls down the comforter and both of them have been shot to death. So there's blood everywhere. And for times. Yes. Oh, hell. His mother had been shot three times and she was sexually assaulted. And his stepfather had been shot five times. And most of all of the shots were like directly to the face head area because it is Halloween for a split second. He thinks that they're playing like a prank on him. Oh my gosh. And it takes him a few minutes to realize like, this is not a fucking prank. And he like runs out of the house. So after he runs out of the house, he calls his aunt who then calls the cops and the cops come and they search the house. Like I told you, they found um, his mother and his stepdad in bed. And then when they go upstairs, his older brother, Derek, this is a little bizarre because the door was locked from the inside. So they had to like, like uh, kick the door down. And so they were kind of thinking like maybe Derek's involved in this and he's like locked up in his room. Yeah. But he was also found murdered in his bedroom by a hammer. Oh my God. Yes. And so thankfully they say that the first strike did probably kill him, but it was also like another like grisly scene, but I still think it's no, but I guess you could like latch it and then close it after you. Right. Like a locked door. Yeah. Like if you're leaving the room, right? Yeah. 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 The door was locked and they had to like kick it down um, and found Derek dead. Come to find out that the person that committed these murders is Devin's stepbrother, BJ Lisk. And so BJ is William, the stepdad's son. Oh my God. The one that he talked to briefly. Yes. What? And Sam, Sam, he had already committed the murders <gasps> when he saw Devin. What? Yes. And so like Devin literally came in to change his shirt and go to church oh and they interacted God. with each other and everybody was already murdered in the house. What? Yes. And so BJ Lisk had like his whole life had series of like mental illnesses. He had been in and out of like mental hospitals and stuff like that. Um, He had already um, abused Susan a few times before that, where the cops were called and he would constantly get put away. And then, God. but his stepfather just kept assuming that they could fix it, that they could fix it. And so Mm -hmm. the day before he wasn't staying with them because obviously he had so many run-ins with uh, Devin's mother, Susan. Um, but they went like hunting the night before and then he stayed at their house because his dad didn't want to take him to the halfway house. Um, and then that happened the next morning. And the only reason Devin wasn't murdered was because he was staying at his father's house. Oh and my gosh. Some for some reason, when they interacted for those like brief few minutes, like BJ didn't hurt him or kill him and just like let him come and go. Um, but yeah, they found BJ a few hours later at the cabin where they had been hunting the day before. He was immediately arrested uh, in 2015, so five years later, after these murders take place, he did die of suicide in his jail cell. What, yeah, wow, can you imagine? Well, let alone kill someone, but talk to Mm -hmm. the person. No, I can't because I would, the rest of my life, I would be like, why didn't he kill me? Like, and um, Devin, the 16 year old that came in, he told police after the fact that um, it was a little weird because BJ was always like super dark and gloomy and like never talked to anybody. Mm -hmm. And he thought it was weird because BJ kept asking him like, Oh, where are you going? Like, what are you up to today? And all this stuff. And he told the police that he seemed happier than he had ever been. What? Yeah. So there was just like a lot of mental issues happening with that kid. That is awful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, I, it's the, it's the interacting with the murderer after the murderer for me. Oh my God. Wait. So did he go out the door or did he go out the window? I'm assuming he went out the door. They don't really explain the locked door thing. I'm assuming it's like, you know, a button or a like a twisty where you can just twist it and shut the door after it. Yeah. And then also assuming that it's maybe it's the other son, but then you also find out that he's been murdered too. And it's just like, oh, it's a mess. It's a mess. This is about a young 
woman named Cindy Song. So Cindy was currently attending Pennsylvania State University. She was in her senior year in the year of 2001 and would be graduating in spring of the following year. Mm. Cindy worked two part-time jobs between classes. The degree she was studying was a student-designed program where she created her own curriculum. The course was designed to be difficult and combining that with multiple jobs, Cindy was disciplined and focused on the goal of graduating. On the 31st of October, Cindy decided to have a night off from her studies and celebrate the holiday. Cindy and her friends, Stacy and Lisa, were set to attend a costume party at Players Nightclub on College Avenue. Dressed as a bunny in a white tennis skirt, bunny ears, and a tail, she arrived at the party where she met her friends. The trio stayed until 2 in the morning when they moved on to a friend's apartment to continue the party and play video games. Cindy was later dropped off by her friends at 4 in the morning on Thursday, the 1st of November, outside of the Park Apartments on Clinton Avenue, the place she called home. This was the last time they saw their friend, as from this point, Cindy Song disappeared. Cindy's roommate returned from visiting family later that day and wasn't concerned about Cindy not being home. The door was locked and nothing looked out of place. After three days, her friends became concerned about her lack of contact and decided to call the police on November 4th. So the evidence showed that Cindy definitely reached her apartment as her backpack that she had at the party was present. There was also a set of false eyelashes that she had worn with her bunny costume in her room and her phone was still in her backpack. It's believed that Cindy went to a nearby 24-hour store in her costume after she had dropped off her things as her keys and purse were missing. Investigators checked her phone records and no calls were made and there was no activity on any of her credit cards. They also read her emails and confirmed there was no suspicious activity there either. There were concert tickets set to take place to see Britney Spears a couple of days and a receipt for a new computer that was due to be delivered in Cindy's room. So from all accounts, it seemed like she was happy. She was expecting to keep living her life. The police didn't believe that she had just ran away. Mm. Volunteers searched nearby woods, but there was no trace of her. Because it was 2001, there was no GPS tracking available and no social media to check. It was easy to stay lost in the early millennium. Mm. A few days after Cindy was reported missing, an eyewitness came forward to tell police that a woman who looked like Cindy was dragged, kicking and screaming into a car in Philadelphia's Chinatown district, nearly 200 miles away. The witness said that the woman was forced into the vehicle by a man who yelled at the witness to leave them alone. Ooh, and the sketch is really creepy too. So the next year later, September 18th, Cindy's disappearance was investigated on Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's always good. Yeah. So a year after that, 2003, a bank robber and serial killer, Hugo Selinski, was brought in as a suspect in Cindy's disappearance. An informant told police that Selinski had abducted a woman along with his accomplice, Michael Kierkowski, and kept her in a walk-in freezer until she died. (gasps) Selinski admitted to abducting Cindy, but told investigators that Kierkowski was the one who killed her and kept the bunny ears she was wearing as a souvenir. Ew! I know. Selinski told police that he and his accomplice mistook Cindy for a sex worker and kidnapped her. He said that Cindy's body was buried in Lucerne County, Pennsylvania. Police searched Selinski's home and found multiple bodies buried in his yard, but none of them were Cindy. Excuse me? I know multiple bodies just in his backyard. None of them Cindy's body. One of these bodies was Michael Kurkowski and his girlfriend, Tammy Fassett. <gasps> the accomplice? The accomplice and his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Oh. The, yeah. The discovery of Kurkowski's body meant that investigators hit a dead end with their search for Cindy. There were no other suspects apart from the participant in the attack that happened in Chinatown. Police were unable to prove Selinski's involvement in Cindy's kidnapping, and he was never charged. So then when Cindy's mother heard about the news that her daughter was missing, she traveled from South Korea to aid in the search for her. 
She kept her daughter's story alive and generated international coverage on the case. And then there's a photo that was last taken of Cindy. It was the night before Halloween where she's wearing like this pink tank top and she's wearing her bunny ears, which is really, you know. Yeah. Um, So 19 years later, over 20 folders full of information related to Cindy's disappearance remain in Ferguson Township gathering layers of dust. Cindy's case remains unsolved and details of her disappearance can be found on the Charlie Project website. So I looked and it's so sad, Michelle, because like you could see how in the early 2000s they were updating it so every so often but the last update was like 2008 and she was just never found that's so sad I know and it's like you go out with your friends and Mm -hmm. you drop it's like how often are we dropping our friends off you know we make sure that they get in from what we can see yeah but it's just also yeah in college it's like you go out you get dropped off. You realize like you're hungry. You're just going to run over to the convenience store. You're like a little buzz. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. No big deal. I feel like my thing with this one is like, do you think that he actually was responsible or do you think he's confusing her with somebody else because they didn't find her body with his bodies? You know what maybe, I mean? Like Maybe he just hadn't had a chance to get rid of her body. Like maybe he wasn't at the point of burying her in his yard maybe he was like all these bodies are enough so let me dispose of her elsewhere elsewhere I mean I I feel like it could go either way like he mm -hmm. was getting her confused with someone else but I don't know going back to the accomplice saying that he kept her bunny ears Mm -hmm. I don't know yeah that's that's crazy. And especially it's like, but she was seen in Chinatown, like 200 miles away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, how would she, I don't know. 200 miles away is a long way. Yeah. Yeah. That's very far. So it's not like, let me. That's like at least a four ish hour drive away. Let me not like, it's not like, let me go down a half a block to get something from the mm-hmm. gas station. Unless she was just like taken there and then brought out there and then seen again yeah that's what I'm in another it's scuffle like she was kidnapped close to, she was mm-hmm. kidnapped close to her apartment yeah oh I'm gonna go into that now too because it's mm-hmm. like that's crazy yeah I was watching um the episode of the unsolved mysteries because it's on YouTube oh. and I forgot how scary that show is it's the, the soundtrack, the score for that. It yeah. really just creeps you out. I know. It's like, when do you give, not give up, but when do you just accept? How do you accept not knowing? It's like, I don't know. I can't even imagine how her mom felt. It's like, not that she's giving up, but it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. she probably felt like she was giving up, but then she probably tried to realize. But it's like, well, what do you realize when you don't know? what happened and you just accept yeah. it as like my daughter went missing and who knows it's so scary too because like sometimes I think about it and it's just like how would you ever find if somebody isn't reported missing and people aren't on the lookout it's like every time I pass by like even a just a slightly wooded area I'm like oh there could be a body in there yeah if no one's looking for it yeah so as we always say I mean just I don't know it's like just try to be careful well let's get into our let's not all right let's not give up on our seances for our dead lovers jake this one goes out to you i'll do that seance till the day i die i won't wait just 10 years all right invite me to the seance too okay (laughs) but i won't be i won't be calling jake's spirit through a ouija board i'll tell you that much you just want to be there (laughs) Let's not let our favorite time pass us by. Okay, because just referencing back to the pumpkin patch, like even though it was a lot of energy mentally, I'm glad that I did it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like everyone thinks October went by so fast and Halloween has come and gone, but you can still do your little Halloween celebration. It might not be as big or as fun as you're normally used to, but just do a mm-hmm. little something for yourself. Yeah. Have a good time. Enjoy it. Yeah. 
Also, before we wrap it up, Michelle, what are mm-hmm. what will you be doing Halloween day and night? Halloween day and night. So probably we live in a nice little residential area with little kiddos everywhere. So we'll probably hand out candy. Um, and then it'll probably just be me and Jake here. Maybe we'll watch like, maybe we'll wait for Halloween to watch Halloween Kills. Ooh, you should. Yeah. With maybe the we'll lights do that. off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you watch it, you need to have all the lights off and you need to turn it up loud. Okay, fine. We'll do it. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds fun. How about you? I don't know yet. More than likely, we'll probably be dressed up walking downtown. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sunday night? Sunday night, yep. Yeah. Yeah, because they always do, like, the fireworks for Halloween, and Mm -hmm. then that's when they, like, tell everyone to leave the city, or, like, everyone goes and hides into a bar so you don't have to leave. Um, But I just, I don't know. I'm not really, I don't know if I'm looking forward to, like, being in a bar with a bunch of people do I just want to be at home in my sweats watching horror movies snacking making drinking some pumpkin beer hanging out with Raven and Joe who knows oh that sounds nice too so maybe we'll go out for a little bit and then come home yeah I don't know we'll see where the night takes us that sounds fun and I was just thinking that like maybe our like local dive bar here might have like a little Halloween thing you know Mm -hmm. and it won't be Salem so it won't be crazy (laughs) yeah That might be nice for like a pumpkin beer and then back home. Yeah. Please let us know how you enjoyed this month for Let's Not with the topics that we talked about. We've kind of gone back and forth. Like, do we want to still keep some creepiness to the Let's Not rotation? Let us know your thoughts. Let us know what you've enjoyed so far. Have a great Halloween, my freaky friends. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Have a spooky Halloween. Light some candles, create your Halloween magic. Yep. Stay safe. Check your candy. <laughs> it there's no there's no such thing as poison candy. Yeah, but there could be someone a, a psycho out there now. Now. <laughs> Check your candy, bob for some apples, even if it's just you and your dog and cat. Like, I'll do it. I'll bob some apples with my dog. I can't wait to see the video of that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, We love you so much. We love you. Take care. Talk to you next week. Let's Not Podcast is part of The Dorkening, which is a network dedicated for podcasters, a group of shows helping each other to grow, share ideas, collaborate, and innovate. You can check out more at thedorkening.com. And thank you to our sponsors, Deadly Grounds Coffee. Deadly Grounds Coffee is fresh roasted here in New England by skilled master roasters in a unique way that allows the true flavor of the bean to come through. It's coffee the way it was meant to be. Fresh, bold, delicious. It's coffee to die for. Check them out at deadlygroundscoffee.com.